0: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Wheel Take Selly. Again, it's Andy today. I believe this is episode 18. I'm judging that off of pure memory, so potentially 19, actually, but I do think it's 18. Uh, So I I promised, um, you know, we're continuing the weekly segment uh, where I focus on one team, and I did spend the whole week watching them. Uh, Pretty excited about this one this week. and I'll, I'll, uh, I guess I'll, the big reveal. Uh, so this week I watched the Los Angeles Kings. Uh, I did tell you guys it was going to be on the West Coast or the Western Conference, so I did misspeak there and give a little bit more away than I mentioned. But I thought I did a pretty good job of covering it up and making it a more Western Conference uh, ambiguous team. If I didn't and you knew I was going to be watching the Kings, uh, kudos to you. Um, and with that, kudos uh, kudos to the Kings. Um, they went 3-0 and this week while I watched. Uh, they had two uh, games at the tail end of last week, um, a game against Vegas and a game against uh, the following game was against Arizona, and those were back-to-backs, both on the road. Uh, they got a pretty decent road stint here um, because they did play Arizona again at, uh, in Phoenix, um, I think last night or the night before. And, uh, and then they have another game tonight. Nick and I were just talking earlier about it. They, the Ducks are hosting them as well. Uh, so I don't know what the full stint is, but it's at least up to four now for them. Um, anyways, I'll get into it. Uh, one of the reasons I picked the Kings is they're on that bubble over in the West. Uh, I think as far as a playoff run, the Western Conference is where everybody's going to be looking for the drama, the excitement, and uh, um, the jockeying of those wild card spots. And and even some of the division spots are beginning to jockey as we see Vegas start to slip. Calgary's beginning to surge. LA's been playing really well, um, so they're now up. I think they were one spot out. Of a wild card last week um the night that the the night before the game against vegas um and they're already into the third spot in the pacific right now so let's check it out uh the pacific division is led by calgary they got 50 games played they're 30 14 6 with 66 points Uh, we have vegas sitting in second with 51 games played, 29 18 and 4, 62 points. And then LA is right behind them, 51 games played, 27 17 and 7. Very nice. That's cool. Uh very cool actually. I'm really glad we looked at the standings here. Uh Oh man. So I went really type A with um type A, type B, type personality. I'm a very, I think it's type B, where I'm not, I'm very outgoing. I fly by the seat of my pants a lot. I'm not very organized. Um, So I went with a super type A approach to the Kings game against Vegas. I was really into that game. Um, Obviously, we had Eichel uh, to, to look at. So I think it was either his second or third game back since his injury recovery or his surgery recovery um and here we go uh what i did was i made a note i figured out how to add pictures so i snipped all the goals uh so i have those r- really handy um I, I did mean to give this disclosure when i do talk about the goals i'm referencing my screenshots so if i took a screenshot and like assists got added or changed i noticed that about one of them uh so i updated it but I obviously, uh, you know, back to my type B self, I didn't go back and validate the other ones. Uh, but here we go. I'm just going to read off my notes. Um, I got, so first note on the top of the list, Eichel on the goal, or Eichel is on the ice for the first goal, and Max Pacioretty gets to score the first goal, assisted by Jonathan Marchessault. Um, it was a power play goal, and it got things going. Uh, We were about halfway through the first period there, Um, and fairly quickly, I think, yeah, it was about five minutes later, uh, Smith ties the game up, Um, and then here's where I really start getting very notesy. Anthony Seau had a nice, nice breakaway goal. Um, and the bullet point that I have there is Anthony Anthony Cu equals speed with four E's. If you didn't get a chance to see this goal, check it out. Um, I highly recommend it. If if you're a, you know if you're a quick forward, if you're a forward who's got really nice stick handling, you have the speed. Check out how this guy uh, played this breakaway because. I believe at the start of it, he was, he kind of had somebody on his back, uh, one or two people, um, but he really turned the guns on uh, and closed the deal there to keep, to get the second goal. After that second goal, um, we had no goals for the rest of the first period. And I'm sorry, uh, Smith didn't tie it up. I misspoke. Smith took it to a 2-0 lead. Um, so so LA fell back pretty quick. Um, I'm glad I saw that. I'm glad I caught that. So Anthony CU actually opened the scoring. I thought that felt weird when I was talking about him getting the second goal. Um, but Anthony Acciou opens the scoring up. Really nice goal. I'm glad that he did this before the end of the first um, going into the locker room to, down 2-0 after the first is it's it's not much of a difference, but going into the locker room down 2-1 as opposed to 2-0, it, it could mentally do a lot for a team, um, for a full locker room of guys. Especially when you're on the road, um, you can definitely get down on yourself pretty quick uh, with the home team's reaction to both of those go ahead or to that go ahead goal and then doubling their lead there. Um, and so, Anthony C U, his goal was very pivotal, not just for the fact that it was such a nice breakaway, but he definitely kept the game in check for LA, I thought, there. Um, and then, really quick into the second period, 30 seconds in on a power play, Kempe scores uh, to tie it up. Now, Adrian Kempe I took so part of the reason I watched the Kings this week uh as well not just because of the standings there but another reason is because they did play Carolina earlier in the season honestly I can't remember how much earlier but I'd say maybe a month two months in I I want to say it was before the Thanksgiving break and certainly before the Christmas break um but I guess I could be wrong but I remember Kemba was very noticeable that night. He stuck out to me uh, as arguably one of their best players on the ice. Excuse me, that night. Um, and and to a T, the guy stuck to that uh, that persona. In my opinion, I did end up voting for him for the All Star from the Pacific Division. Um, I did. I do think he ended up making it in. So happy there. Um, but my note for Kempe, very noticeable. Hard work, um, travel and movement is, like, very dominant in his gameplay, which is really good in the offensive zone. He, he draws a lot of attention. He draws a lot of defensive players uh, with the way that he moves around the ice with the puck. It's not just without the puck. He's able to do this stuff with the puck. Um, he has a really good shot, a very clean, very quick shot. Uh, so, as we move on through the game, uh, they tie it up there. It's looking really good for the Kings. Uh, it's, we're barely into the second period and they're already back to a 0 0 game. Um, and then, about six minutes later, Max Pacioretty scores his second goal. Uh, and I have written down that second goal or second Max Pacioretty goal equals Quick's fault. And I remember this goal. Uh, this is a major pet peeve of mine. And Quick is, is one of the guys who, who really started this as my pet peeve. And, um, sorry, I have the Hurricanes game on while I'm recording. So they just scored. Nice. Okay. Sorry. Um, so, so, anyways, Quick goes back to handle the puck behind the net. Um, he does a decent job at it but i do believe he turns the goal over or the puck over pretty quickly he does get back to the crease and reset before any shot makes its way uh toward his crease um but the shot that comes off he's just not set it's bang bang i mean he gets back he gets set and almost the moment he gets set the shot's coming he does whiff on the shot it does hit the post um but with his inertia. And the way that the puck was traveling, he ended up, um, the puck ends up hitting off his back and going into the net to score there. Um, That one is not, if you watch it, it's not nearly as embarrassing as some of the other ones that Quick has had. Um, We also think about some other goalies that have run into the issue. Uh, Braden Holpe did it once. Um, I believe Carey Price has done it a couple of times uh it's just a pet peeve of mine i don't like it when the goalie goes back for pucks like that uh you have defensemen you have guys who are on the ice with skates that are meant for skating with sticks that are meant for stick handling um (laughs) you don't always need to go back to to the back into the trapezoid to play your puck uh there's a there's a numerous amount of um objects on the board the conditions of the ice, depending on what time it was. And if I go back, quick reference this, we are about almost seven minutes into this game. Um, So I imagine the ice is starting to get pretty choppy out there. Uh, I know it's something that will never go away uh, simply because that's a valued asset. asset for goaltenders is stick handling. But if you ask me, it's um, those embarrassing moments, those embarrassing goals, those turnovers, they're just not worth it. You know, I'm definitely a little bit more lenient about it in the regular season, um, but as a man of habit, that's a habit I would like to break of a goalie be- before postseason. Uh, so, if I was a goaltending coach, I would probably be preaching that uh, on a daily basis. Um, but as we move on, Max Patchready, you know, he puts the the king the knights up uh, early there in the um, in the second with six and a half minutes. And from that point on, almost no scoring. Uh, we have to wait till there's about two, little over two minutes, two and a half minutes left in the third um, for Dano to uh, tie it up. Uh, so I have written down a great pass from Arvidsson at the entering blue line to create a sly one-on-o. Even though Eichel is not on the score sheet. VGK oh so Vegas's third goal even though Eichel is not on the score sheet for Vegas's third goal I didn't feel like he was all that noticeable though even though Eichel is on the ice uh, for is on the score sheet for the VGK third yeah so he had the primary assist on Pacioretty's second goal Uh, I didn't feel he was all that noticeable after the first half of the game Another note, I'm just going to be reading my notes because otherwise I'll be recording all night. Uh, Kings benefit from having strong leadership core. We, we got four championship uh, guys on this team, multiple championships, not just one. Jonathan Quick, Dustin Brown, Anzi Kopitar, and Drew Doughty. Remember how threatening and scary those names were in the early 2010s or 2012, 2014? I mean that those the just the three guys, Brown, Dowdy and and Kopitar are just I, I remember those those years. Those those guys were the cream of the crop in the league. Um and you know what they are now? They're still playing pretty well. And I think they're really, really leading this this team with leadership. Um I mean, think of, you know, I'm trying to think of other teams with a, with a similar level of leadership or veteranship in them right now. And honestly, with Rask gone and Chara gone, you really can't say it about Boston anymore. Um, they have Bergeron still and Marshawn, uh, but I don't believe there's any other guys who have been there uh, since. And those guys that were there in 2011, they were there for the Kopitar-Brown-Doughty years. Um, Brown needs to shoot more. That's my very next uh, note. I did think he was going one too many passes when when he got when he had a chance to either shoot or take one more pass. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's a pet peeve of every NHL fan is watching your team just take one more pass uh, when they really shouldn't have. Late in the third, and I'm settled that Quick has bounced back played a good overall third um he looked a little shaky for the first two periods obviously he went down 2-0 pretty quickly um but definitely in the third he had bounced back and he was really solid he had returned to that almost quick like uh, or quick esque postseason form that he used to demonstrate on a regular basis uh Ardvidsson and byfield were more than noticeable Brosseau played a great, he played well too. No bad goals, I thought. Um, I mean, there was an abs- I, wrote, I mean, there's an absolute snipe from Kempe. Anthony Sioux had so much speed on his breakaway and a great move at the end, at the edge of the crease with speed. The glove was a little slow on the, the no goal, but I don't think he expected that type of shot. Um, I can't quite remember what it looked like, but definitely go back and look at that goal and maybe listen back what I just said. Uh, Quick started strong, had a bit of a tummy ache in the second, but returned to the game he started with in the third. There's the note. So I guess I was wrong saying he was shaky in the first, though he did let in the two, so there is that to be made. Two points, a statement win for the Kings. Uh, You're in Vegas. You're in you're in a in you're up against the team who just got eichel eichel is now healthy Uh, he's back on the block to be able to play Uh, so that was a huge win i thought for them um it was a hard fought win it did go to overtime and uh kempe scored in the overtime so it was his second goal of the game 21st of the season so he did have his 20th goal of the season uh as the game tying goal when it was at two so again that guy has had a really good season he's looking like a really good prospect for the kings to have picked up whenever they did i didn't really look into him much but i kind of probably will after i either after i record this or when i do finally listen back to it i'll probably remind myself so i got you bud um Let's see, I'm gonna go try and find the next game. So the next game that they played was the was the next day they played the uh, Arizona Coyotes. And let me just get oriented here. A couple more. So I think it was a Saturday. Yeah. So Saturday next, very next day, they go out to Arizona. Um, and as we know all know, Arizona is at the very bottom of the league, one of the worst teams. Uh, but that's not to say that this wasn't a, strong, a hard game. I don't think. Uh, Nick had texted me earlier today referring to the two Arizona games. And while on paper they looked like fairly easy games, I don't think they were. <clears throat> uh, you know, the night before with Vegas, you went up against a Vegas team, a team that is going to be in the playoffs, a team that's going to want to go far in the playoffs. They have a lot to prove. Because they have basically lost their entire framework uh, from the initial height that they started out as uh, as a franchise, they've lost a lot of the main components of that team, and it's a totally different team now, uh, including the coach. So I think we really need to see something from Vegas this season. I think Nick and I have touched on that in the past. Um, So that was not a hard victory. That was not an easy victory. For, for the Kings to walk away with there. Uh, it was a little later of a game because they did end up going to the overtime. And, and if I recall correctly, Kempe scored fairly late into the overtime. So that's, you know, another quarter of a, of a period. That's not an insignificant amount of hockey to play, especially when there's still one point on the line there. Um, and if you're the Kings, you really need that point more than Vegas does. So you're going to be going a little bit harder, I think, than Vegas will be. So anyways, next game, they go into Arizona. This game, I was doing the type A thing in my head. I just couldn't make it happen in my fingers, uh, and I didn't do it at all last night for the Arizona game. But um, the one on the back-to-back was a little difficult for me to watch uh, because I was a little tired from the night before. Um, But Arizona took it to L.A. pretty quickly. Um, Arizona opened up the scoring. (laughs) The man, the myth, and the legend, the guy we've been talking about uh, tonight, Adrian Kempe, does score uh, the tying goal there. And then Arizona gets to go up uh, 3-1. And they go up 3-1 with, looks like, seven minutes and 20 seconds left in the uh, second period. And then it is... Doughty next to score on the power play. Doughty scores on the power play, 3-2. Uh, Tyler Moore then ties it up, 3-3. <laughs> um, and Moore did that in the third. So we're, we're going into the third period, 3-2. Moore scores 6-24 into the third. Drew Doughty scores ugh, 50 seconds later, man. Um, and this is when the Kings did begin to sink their teeth into this game. Uh, this was a good, like, veteran game, and this is where, you know, this type of game is where you lean on those veterans and you lean on that leadership in the club because you're, you're now down 3-1 to one against an Arizona team. You now have to battle back against the Arizona Coyotes, and I know they're not the best team in the league, but they are still an NHL team. These are still NHL-conditioned players, um, and, you know, climbing, again, climbing back into a game is never easy. Uh, regardless of who you're playing, in my opinion. Um, especially because they took so long to do it. You know, it, it's almost the second period is almost over when they finally see a goal come out of LA, um, and they are still down 1 0 at that point. Uh, this game, Quick was not in for this game, Peterson was. Um, and Peterson looked. Like a backup goaltender, uh, having his first start for, the, for a decent amount of time. I don't know how long it's been since his last start, um, but that's how I would best describe this. He did kind of get rattled in the beginning, um, but the guy stuck it out, and he did get, find that center again. He played really well. Um, the Kings overall played really well. And just let's look at the shots on goal. It's 39-23 to 23 in favor of the Kings. Um, That's a game where, you know, if you end up losing that, kudos to the other goalie. Um, But there aren't many occurrences of that happening, and certainly Arizona. So I think clearly LA knew what they needed to do in this game. They got it taken care of, Uh, they got the job done. And again, they're now just building upon that uh, win in Vegas. That's now, they've now swung four points in two games, in two days one day really in 24 hours um they made the statement win against vegas uh they made a statement win to themselves in arizona because let's face it if any hockey fan opens up the scoreboard and sees that the kings beat arizona 5-3 they're gonna say to themselves okay you know could have been probably 5-2 or 5-1 but you know they won as as we all uh as we all probably assumed, they would. Um, that that first game against Arizona is definitely a character test within the locker room. I feel. Um, if we move on to last night's game against Arizona, and uh, was it last night? No, so it was two nights ago, like I had thought. Here it is. This game is much closer. Okay, uh, it's still in Arizona. It's now, what did they have? Uh, so they played in Arizona on Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. So they had three days off, and then they play again in Arizona on Wednesday. Again, not an easy game to win. That's a really weird lull of time. Um, I think Arizona, yeah, Arizona's relatively close to California. So I'm sure guys, you know, I'm sure some guys maybe made the trip back to L.A. for the few days. I don't really know what the team did. I don't know really know what their practice schedule was. But, man, is that an awkward amount of time to have to be on the road, wait, and then be on the road at the same place just a few days later. It's a very odd logistic going on there. And so that's why I don't think this was going to be the easiest game. And what ends up happening, we don't get any goals in the first, and the first player to score is Keller on uh, arizona so again arizona opens the scoring up and the canes are very famous for this we do let in a lot of first goals and as a fan i mean if there are any kings fans on here i i imagine this is how you felt but you always you know you let that first goal in and it's always like oh, and right well we're already playing from behind again you know here we go let's see how they work their way out of this one and while, the, you know, while the, good, the teams that are good do work themselves out of those positions uh, uh, almost unavoidably, um, it's still an annoying feeling to have to be watching a game from behind as a fan in, for the majority of it. Um, even if you come out on top at the end, it's still, it can still be uh, a pretty annoying thing to be, to be watching that uh, they didn't let that get them down. Uh, they, they tied this game up, let me do the math, 18 seconds later. Um, so just as quick as, as Arizona got out ahead, um, L.A. answered the call almost immediately. And then even less than a minute later, they doubled down, and Ardvidson puts Potswin one home. Um, so, so what more can you really ask for from this team? I, I love it. I love that. That's three goals. And, you know, put aside the fact that one of them is Arizona. That's three goals in a minute almost. Let's see the times here. Let me see. 6.25, 6.43, and 7.35. So a minute and 10. A minute and 10, we've got three goals on the board. Holy cow. You think it's going to be a slugfest at this point, right? Um, about six minutes later, five and a half minutes later, uh, Arizona ties it up. And so we go into the third period, back 0, zero. Here's another test. This is another test for L.A. These are, this is what the regular season is made up of. It's made up of all these minute little tests that are, are, pre- are preparing you for your seven-game series, the four seven-game series you need to win to win the cup because you're going to be tested on a much, much more volumetric level. These little tiny tests are going to be more, more and more redundant because you're now playing five, six, seven games against one team. So if you continue to fail on this minute little thing against the same team over and over again, they're going to exploit that about you. Um, they're going to learn that very fast. Uh, I, I think of um, goalies, a lot of goalies uh, that struggle with the glove side. That's, the, that's one of the biggest ones that you learn in the postseason is, is the goalie struggles on the glove. So just start hammering that glove side um, and you're almost bound to pop one in eventually. Um, so anyways, back to what I was talking about. You're going into the third period. You have to reset. You got to forget about what happened earlier in the game. You got to forget about those bang, bang goals to tie the game back up and then also take the lead because it's zero, zero again. And anything goes at this point, they did a great job doing that again, Peterson or Peterson looked much better in this game than he did in the first game. Um, and this is sort of a quasi playoff feel to it, right? I know there's three days off and that's not normal, Um, but you are playing a one and one in Arizona and that's how the postseason rolls. So honestly, this week, I I don't think I could have picked a better week to watch this team. Um, it's, uh, yeah, I don't think I could, sorry. I, I wasn't sure if I was recording all of a sudden and sort of my heart just dropped. Um. I don't think I could have picked a better week to have watched the Kings. I, Nick and I always joke about it between us, and maybe we've joked about it on the podcast, but he and I totally feel like we are tapped individuals, especially when it comes to the NHL and Pokemon Go specifically. Um, almost, have a feeling like L.A. had me tapped and knew when I mentioned that the West, I was going to be talking about the West Coast they needed to put on a show. Um, but this is a really gritty team. This is, a really, um, this is a team that has a good amount of postseason experience and veteranship. They have a decent amount of young guns and, and younger guys who are putting plays together. Uh, Kempe, Anthony, Ciu, he was one of my favorite players when he was on Detroit. Um, Ardvidsson, that was a nice acquisition from Nashville. You know, this team is built out pretty well. And uh, we'll see if they make a playoff run. It seems like as of right now, knock on wood, um, that they'll be making the playoffs. Um, let's, uh, let's walk down the standings a little bit more now that I've talked about the games. Uh, so as a reminder, in the Central, we have Colorado sitting at the top. 51 games played, 37, 10, and 4 to 78 points. Uh, St. Louis. 50 games played, 30 wins, 14 losses, 6 uh, overtime losses, so that's 66 points. Minnesota, 49 games played, 31 game, 31 wins, 15 losses, 3 overtime losses at 65 points. We have Nashville in wildcard 1, 52 games played, 30, 18, 4, 60, 64 points. Uh, shout out Pecarine. They are, yeah, Pecarine. They just retired his number last night. Uh, my cousin Nick and I Nick and, my cousin, uh, who it was Greg, the guy who uh, joined us on an episode a few a few months back, a few shows back, a, a while months back, <laughs> maybe six or seven months ago. Um, he ended up going to that game. He is going to be at the Heritage Classics. So shout out, Greg, for seeing both of those uh moments in NHL history. pecca uh, Pekka is the first and Nashville player to have his number retired. So pretty special night for him. Um, I do believe he's finished too. So he he had that uh finish gold at the Olympics to celebrate. Uh guy's probably living on cloud nine this week, these past two weeks. Anyways. Rounding out the wild card, we have uh, 51 games played, 28, 20, and 3, 59 points. And I'm sorry, that's uh, Edmonton Oilers. Sitting right behind them, 51 games, with the same exact record, uh, 59 points as well, is Dallas. And it looks to me... Oh, Anaheim is also in the mix, so we have... Anaheim with 53. Oh, actually, it is just traffic jam over here. Let's keep going. 53 games played Anaheim, 25, 19, and 9 for 59 points. Vancouver still hanging on. 53 games played, 25, 22, and 6. Boudreaux has been a, a godsend, it seems like, to that Vancouver team. And they're making an exciting push, possibly, for a playoff spot. And I guess the Madden mentions we have Winnipeg, 51 games played, 22, 20, and 9 for 53 points. And San Jose Sharks with 51 games played, 23, 22, and 6 at 52 points. Um, so, yeah, pushing toward this. You know what's up next is the trade deadline. Trade deadline is probably going to be pretty chaotic in the West, I would think. There's still a decent amount of teams who have a shot at a playoff spot. Um, and obviously, the guys ahead of those teams are going to want to continue to keep the uh, foot to the gas pedal. So the West is shaping up to be a pretty fun playoff push, in my opinion. We'll see if that play ends up playing out. Um, and I was just looking at some facts and I guess Columbus is still in the race for the east. Um, they've been playing really well as of late. They're playing the canes right now and After the second, it's now 2-0 to in favor of the Canes. So maybe they're not looking at two points tonight. And that is honestly going to – today's a tough game for them. Today's almost a must-win to keep their playoff hopes alive. Um, And you're going up against one of the best teams in the league in Carolina. So a real solid character test today for Columbus. Let's see if they can jump back out in the third and take it back. Because if they don't, uh, I think, I almost think that's going to be the dagger. It's going to be very, very difficult for them to come back. Um, Just to give you an idea, uh, Washington is in wild card one, 53 games played, 28, 16, and 9 for 65 points. Boston is 51 games played, 30, 17, 4, 64 points. So nine points back is Columbus. 51 games played, so they're equal with the Bruins, and they have two in hand against Washington. They're 27, 23, and 1, 55 points. They're pretty hot right now. They're 9, 2, and 0, I think, in their last 11. They have the second-best record in the NHL across that time span. Since January, they are the highest-scoring team per game, and i might need you know i could i might need fact checks here because i saw this on the ticker right before i walked into the room here to, to uh record and actually i just saw the the blue jackets are playing the kings they're going to be hosting the kings next it looks like so that's definitely going to be a very very good game um because if columbus doesn't win this game they're definitely going to need to start stringing together some wind streaks. And I would be looking to them to start one off with L.A. I'd be looking for L.A. to continue keeping their foot to the gas pedal out in the West as well. So I might actually end up watching that game just as a sidebar. Um, but, yeah, it's it's shaping up in the in the East. So back to my original topic for the day, you know, L.A. is definitely sitting in a pretty nice spot. I'm fairly confident that they will be making the playoffs. Um, let me just go by division so I see the full Pacific picture here. Uh, yeah, so the, the teams behind them that are also vying for, for playoff spots is Edmonton, Anaheim, and Vancouver. Uh, so as long as they keep a buffer between themselves and those teams, they should be good. They have two games in hand uh, with Anaheim and Vancouver. Um, so honestly there's no concern right now with them just keep winning just keep tacking up as many points as they do and you'll constantly stay in front of them Uh, Edmonton has equal amount of games played one more win uh, than they do so you really need to to keep your foot on the gas to stay ahead of Edmonton because Edmonton has more wins you you took four four more overtime losses whereas Edmonton has one more win than you and they're only two points behind you. So um, it's looking hopeful for the L.A. I really like the way they look right now. I'm really digging Adrian Kempe. I'm super big on him. Uh, that's my, my, I guess, I don't want to say underrated, um, but perhaps, especially if you're an Eastern Conference guy or girl, um, you might not know... About Adrian Kempe as much you might not have heard his name as often, um, but the kid is—I mean, he's—he's he's a certified stud. He's—he's he's an offensive stud, um, and that's cool to see in LA because I think that's something they've been struggling with uh, since Kopitar and Brown uh, and D- Dan Dowdy have been aging. Um, It's—we're now ten years since that first Cup run of theirs, so. It's definitely not the same uh, youthfulness from those guys, and you now need to get it from uh, younger players who are coming up and through, so Kempe is definitely doing that for them. Um, Quick still looks pretty good. He still looks like a goalie who can match intensity in the playoffs. He's a little bit more shaky, I think, than he has been in the past, but I do think returning to the playoffs might, uh, you know, after a game or two has gone by, or even maybe just a practice um, has gone by, perhaps, you know, he settles right back into things. Uh, because when he does settle down and when he does remain focused on on what uh, what the task is in front of him, it seems like his mind gets cleared and, and, he, and he does seem to play much better. Um, if I had to take a guess, you know, maybe he's a guy similar to me where, Uh I need to play reactionary sports. I I played golf in high school. I played hockey in high school. And golf, there's just way too much time to think about everything. Um, and maybe quick, I, I mean, honestly, I think quick is like that. Let's not forget how he played uh in those in those first two cup runs that they had. I mean, remember all the shots of like they were, you know, photo imposing the golf players who are like lining up the the bend in the green with him. Remember how low he used to play? I mean, it was such a cool style of goaltending, but it was completely based off of he had really good reactionary skills. Um, and I think ultimately that's what really put him uh, in in that category of elite goaltending back in the day. Um, so if he returns to that type of game, they got a good thing coming um, very good backup Peterson. That first game against Arizona, he played both games against Arizona and he got both wins. Um, that first game against Arizona, if that's him after a pretty long break as a backup, really confident in him as well um, because he played that game to a T as a backup. If he if he starts more, like if they're more of a one A one B like Rask and Halak were. I'd be a little bit more concerned about that start. I guess I'm glad he had it against Arizona because if there's ever a team that you want to play a little rough like that as a goaltender, Arizona's a pretty good one to do it against. Um, so hopefully he can kick that out of his system. You don't want to be doing that in the playoffs. Uh, I'll tell you, if he, if he played like he did against Arizona the first game, um, you know you're just going to be handing teams in the playoffs um, wins, especially depending on your seed. Uh, if they do end up in a wild card spot, I can almost guarantee that that an elite one or two seed is gonna is gonna exploit uh, Peterson's uh, rust there after coming back from a, a decent amount of time off, or not a decent amount of time off, but coming off of a one A one B type of uh, break. Um. So lastly, before I wrap this up, I'll pull up their uh, stats. So let's look at the stats. Um, L A. Stats C all. Okay, perfect. Um, So we have point leader in Kopitar. 47 points from Kopitar. We've got Ardvitson with 34. Kenpe, 33. Deno, 29, as well as Drew Doughty. Iofalo, really fun player to watch. Um, I think he's on the third line, third or second line. Um, he was a nice player. Uh, Trevor Moore, sorry, I was saying Tyler Moore earlier. Uh, Trevor Moore, 28 points as well as Iofalo. Dustin Brown, 21. <coughs> Edler's on this team. Dursey, Sean Dursey. They kept, every time they said Dursey, it made me think of Letterkenny. Uh, so that was funny. Lemieux, 10. Brendan Lemieux has 10 points. I think he produces a little bit more than that, but that's not too bad. Anthony Ciu, nine points. Um, not many other names to call out there. So I'll move down to goals. The goal leader is Adrian Kempe at 23. We have Victor Arvidsson with 15, Kopitar, Dano, Andy Afalo at 14, and then it actually kind of plummets into single digits. Um, so here's one concern I have. I do want to see more players in the double digits. Um, if you're a team that's going to be going into the playoffs and you want to go deep into the playoffs, One thing I've noticed over the course of just watching hockey and also just having the engineer mathematics side of me kick in, I have noticed that um, goal leaders need to be, you need about 10, anywhere from maybe 7 to 13, but I'd say 10 is a pretty sweet spot of guys who have double digit goals. Um, That's the type of depth you should be looking for. Ole Mata's on this team. I forgot about that. One of my favorite players when he was in Pittsburgh. And that's saying a lot because there's not many guys I like in Pittsburgh. (laughs) Um, Moving on to the assists, we have Kopitar as well, leading assists. He's the points and assists leader. So 33, Dowdy 22, Moore at 20, Ardvitsen 19, Denno Brown and Roy at 15. Um, of 14, and then Dersey 12, and, and Kempe's down there with Edler at 10. So not bad. I don't really have too many concerns about uh, this category. Uh, the plus minuses, 17 from Moore, Dano, 16. Uh, let's look at the minuses. Wow, so Kempe is a minus one player. That's a bit concerning considering uh, he is one of the point leaders, is the goal leader. Uh, you definitely want to see a little bit better than a minus one from him. Um, but not the biggest deal. It, that I don't really put as much stock into that stat as some people do. Um, and Zidane Chara is the only example I need to give for that. So check that out if you disagree with me. Um, but. Moving on, uh, Kempe has two shorthanded goals. Uh, Kopitar, Doughty, and two others have four power play goals. Uh, Doughty is leading the team 25 minutes a game. Kopitar is way behind him at 20-58. Kopitar is leading the face-off percentage, 57-07, and that's pretty good. Um, That's actually fairly good. I think around – I think Elite – if elite face-off numbers are right around that, I think high 50s to mid-60s. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong in the comments on the post. Um, but we're gonna sh- I'm going to shift over here to the goalies. Um, so, so Cal Peterson, that's his first name. Uh, so Jonathan Quick is a 2.61. Cal Peterson is a 2.68. They do have a guy, Garrett Sparks. Who's a 1.85, but I don't know that he's really in the rotation regularly. Um, Yeah, he's not. He only has one win. (laughs) That explains it. Uh, So save percentage, uh, excluding the Sparks goalie. Quick has a 9.11 save percentage, and Peterson is sitting right around 900 with 8.98. We have 13 wins from both Quick and Peterson, so it does look like they're the 1A, 1B goalies. Um, which I do then have a little bit of a the concern there with Peterson's performance against the first Arizona game. But again, he held it down, uh, and they did end up closing out the game for him. Um, and he did take it to overtime. He he held it together in overtime, too. There was a lot of big saves in any overtime there is, right? It's just a back-and-forth track meet, more or less. Um, but that's it, really. Uh, I'll go to the teams. Um, so, they lead the NHL in shots against per game, which is a pretty impressive feat. Uh, they're up there with Carolina. They're, they have 28. Capitals, Carolina, Kraken, Flames, Lightning, and Bruins are all tied in second with 29. Vegas, 30. Um, so, that's good. That's positive. They do, you know what? They block a ton of shots. That reminds me, Kings block a ton of shots. And that is definitely going to be their bread and butter in the postseason. You mark my words. Um, it was, what's this? Face-off win percentage. They're in the top 10. I think they were six or seven. Uh, penalty kill. Penalty kill. Where are they in the penalty kill? Uh, a little concerning in the penalty kill. They're 29th in the league at 75 percent um so you'd like to see those buff those like to see them buff those numbers a little bit uh and then power play percentage let's see where they are there also kind of down the ways there they're 26th in the league at 16.8 percent um so those are also two categories that definitely need to be improved upon come postseason um So with that, the Hurricanes are starting the third period here, so I am going to probably wrap it up. Um, But that's my synopsis of the Kings. I have high hopes for them. I do think they'll make the playoffs. they got a few things to address come postseason. Um, But honestly, they could be a team. I could see them being a team that ends up putting together a pretty solid playoff run. Um, I guess time will tell there, right? Time will tell everything. Um. Okay, so I think that's all I have to say about the Kings. Again, everybody, if you've made it this long in the in the podcast, thanks for listening. Um, I really enjoyed doing this, even though Nick hasn't been joining. I have been enjoying watching all these teams. I mean, I do it naturally, um, but it's been fun, you know, taking these little snapshot looks at. Uh, different teams around the league. I think maybe I'll try and stick out in the West again here. Um, I'm sort of thinking I might start watching the Blue Jackets. We'll see what they do with the rest of this game and then also their game against LA. Um, But I also am taking suggestions too. So if you know Nick or I, please send us something directly if you want me to talk to a specific team this week. Uh, I mean, next week, Um, or if you don't know us directly or you'd rather, nice, third goal. Um, Okay, I am getting so distracted. (laughs) If you don't know us, (laughs) reach out on the Instagram page. Drop us some suggestions. You know what? I think I'll check the Instagram out in case any of you did leave some suggestions on the previous posts because I think I have requested this prior. Oh, look at that. A goal that resulted because the goalie was behind the net playing the puck in the trapezoid and it gets banked off of him as it goes in. Textbook example there, folks. That's exactly what I was talking about. You, you can't appreciate those goals. There's not that it's a, it's a low, it's a, it's a high risk, low to no reward situation, in my opinion. That's gotta stop. I hope that there's a goaltending coach out there that's listening to me um, because I really would like to see that anyways I, I I can continue to talk here about hockey it's my favorite thing on the planet right so I'm gonna wrap it up again thanks everybody for listening thanks for the interactions and any suggestions you do make um, if you continue to enjoy this just continue listening that's all we ask uh, this is just a really fun thing for Nick and I to do um, and it's been fun while he in his absence despite his absence um, but with that, again, thanks, everybody, for listening. As always, I'm Andy, and I'm signing off on the Wheel Take Selly podcast today with, a, with an as always, peace out.